What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian. I'm Drum and Nick. What's going on, guys? And Max. Hello, everyone. Okay, so we have a jam-packed schedule. We have football, hockey, NBA Finals, the beginning of baseball uh, playoffs. So we'll just start with football. Yeah, so getting right into football, Thursday night's game, we had the Broncos versus the Jets. Uh, this game was pretty interesting. Uh, it was pretty bad, honestly. Both teams are pretty awful. The Broncos are very injury-riddled. Um, you know, looking at the Jets side of things, Sam Darnold, uh, I think he had a decent game, you know, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He ran for um, a nice little run. It was a touchdown. Yeah, sorry, he had a rushing touchdown, my bad. Not, yeah. No passing touchdown. No passing touchdown. Yeah, he had a nice little rushing touchdown, but do you want your quarterback to score you nice rushing touchdowns? Yeah, no. Occasionally, yes, but uh, not the best. We, you know, in my opinion, as I'm going to keep saying, I don't think it's Sam Darnold's fault. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is definitely an option the Jets to look at. And on the Broncos side of things, Ripian is pretty terrible. Two touchdowns, three interceptions against the Jets is unacceptable. Um, but the Broncos win the poop fest that was the Broncos-Jets game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this is 37-28. Um, uh, yeah, so Sam Darnold had a, a better game. Um didn't give up any interceptions, which is what I mainly look at. I think everyone's kind of over overhyping his run play. Yeah, it was nice, but that's not what I'm looking for a quarterback to be able to do. I'm looking for him to be able to throw for touchdowns. Um, but the one positive thing, which I think I mentioned last week, is Sam Darnold's learning to evade pressure because there's always pressure being thrown at him every time he throws the football. Um, and then on the defensive slot, on the defensive side, Pierre Desir is had a very interesting game. Um, he's supposed to be the Jets' number one quarterback. That was he, what he was signed to be. And um, he's definitely not. Um, he gave up uh, – well, he, he had a pick six and an interception, which very good, obviously. But he's had pretty bad games, and last game was just an interesting game. Give up uh, what could have been another interception for him, but let Jerry Judy basically take the ball out of his hands for a touchdown. Um, give up another – touchdown i'm pretty sure uh it was an interesting game for him but i mean their defense still is terrible um and that's all i really have to say yeah i mean this is game was i mean for the broncos you can't really say much about them no matter how they perform because they're they're too injured to really get a gauge on but for the jets i mean 37 points to a team that essentially got their head cut off i mean i think that's kind of all you need to know i mean sam darnold he had the nice rushing touchdown. Didn't have a great game, but like Nick says, it's, I mean, it's it's not all it's not all his fault. I mean, he definitely doesn't look very good. But I mean, I think again, like we say, it's an organizational effort. And yeah, I mean, why Adam Gay's still there? Who will know? Yeah, very true. Definitely agree. Um, the ESPN update right there. <laughs> um, I guess going moving on from that game, uh, the next game. By the way, guys, we're going to gloss over a few of the games today. The ones that were kind of expected blowouts, and they were. Uh, the next game we have is the Texans Vikings. Uh, interesting game here. The Vikings won it 31-23. Uh, this is the Texans' final game to really kick, up, kick start their season if they're going to make the playoffs, and it does not look like they're going to be able to do that this year. Uh, pretty atrocious start for the Texans here. Um, I think it goes to show the Texans, although they have Sean Watson, I think David Johnson has performed pretty well for them. Uh, that team is just too thin all around. You know, J.J. Watt, outside of those guys, you're really, really thin. Um, and to my opinion, I think Bill O'Brien needs to go, and this is just more of a testament to it. Uh, you know, he, he got Deshaun Watson back, but, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson, there's, there's so many other players on the football team, Deshaun Watson can't be every single one of them, um, despite how great he is. Uh, the Vikings side of things, uh, they get their first one of the season here, and maybe they can do what the Texans, we thought they might do, uh, you know, moving forward. If they continue to win out, they could, might be able to still make the playoffs, but a pretty rough start for the Vikings. But uh, in my opinion, a really interesting game here. Both pretty, what we assumed would be good teams, uh, now kind of bad and the Vikings uh, edge out the Texans here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's this game is pretty expected to me. I thought I did think the Vikings would win, and they did because they do have a better overall roster. I think they showed that yesterday when it mattered. It's Texans, and you know, a- as you said, Nick, the Bill O'Brien has made that roster really, th- and he's not a very good coach. I think he's bringing down that team. That team was pretty good, not really a contender, but you know, maybe you can make an argument for years past with how good Deshaun Watson is. I, and now they're nowhere near that, and it's sad that they're wasting such a great quarterback. But I will, I will say, from a division rival, please keep Bill O'Brien because <laughs> easier for the Titans to win. One hundred percent. Next game we had Saints Lions. Um, not much going on there. The, the Saints win uh, thirty-five twenty-nine. Saints move to two and two. 
you're a Saints fan, don't worry. They had a rough start, but I think the Saints are going to be just all right. We just find down the stretch. And the Lions, as we said, Matt Patricia does not seem like it's working out, and they need to find their own identity. They just they have not had a winning schedule in I don't know how many years, or and uh, I don't think anything's going to change this year. They're going to continue to lose games against any teams that are decent. Um, moving on from there, we have the Ravens, Washington. Ravens win at thirty-one to seventeen. Ravens win at three and one. They had a little hiccup against the Chiefs, understandable. Washington moves to one and three again. I think that first game for the Eagles was kind of a fluke. Um, it'll probably stay that way. And then the next game, which this one's a little bit more interesting, we have the Cardinals, Panthers. The Panthers went at thirty-one to twenty-one. Uh, both the Panthers, wait, the Panthers moves to two and two. The Cardinals moved to two and two. Uh, interesting enough, on the Panthers, um, you know. They're, they're having a decent season. Uh, I think it's a little bit earlier than I expected. Um, you know, with bringing in Matt Rule, I thought they'd have a little bit more of a hiccup, um, you know, throughout the season. And then, you know, over the next couple of years, they'd build. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater obviously had a really good game. Um, and I can't bring the stats up right now because my computer is wonky. But um, here we go. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, he passed 276 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Pretty solid game for him. Mike Davis has emerged as a solid runner on uh, the loss of Christian McCaffrey. So the, the Panthers have been doing pretty well without Christian McCaffrey, which is surprising. And he's expected to be back next week. Um, this Panthers team is really interesting. I did not expect them to be 2-2 two and two at this point in the season, especially without Christian McCaffrey, and they're proving me wrong. Uh, on the Cardinals side of things, you know, I thought they were really hot at the beginning of the season. Um, it seems like they've cooled off. Uh, it's tough to pinpoint really what it is. I think Colin Murray's having a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, I still think he's an extremely talented quarterback. I still think this Cardinals team, I didn't expect the Cardinals team to start out 2-0 like they did. Um, so, you know, that was pretty impressive to me. Again, I think this Cardinals team, I don't know if they're a win-this-year type of team, but I think in the future they have such a good, young, talented core. With with I think they have good capital. Uh, you know, the young, talented core, I think they have they have a good coach uh, with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so I just think that that Cardinals team, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, um, I, I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go for you, but... Two and two is not terrible, and again, you guys have such a promising future that you have a lot to look forward to if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm more surprised about this game with the Cardinals than anything because I, I think that you and I might have bought into the hype for them a little bit too early with their first two wins of the season. Kyler Murray was looking really, really good, and then now he's kind of maybe, I, I don't know if I'd say hit a wall, maybe just come back down to earth. I don't really know what it is, but I think it might be one of those things where his talent alone isn't going to just mm. win him games, so he's got to do it a little more. And I still think there's a good chance they could be a not a Super Bowl team this year, certainly not that, but make the playoffs potentially. Mm. Maybe they can use these two weeks as a turning point to kind of get it. But what what's the right term? Get it back in gear. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like, like you said, their future's brightened for the Panthers. I mean, I mean they're. People thought they'd be not very good, and I still don't think they'll be that great of a team. I don't see them making the playoffs, but I thought they'd kind of hang around. I thought they'd lose this game for sure, but they found a way to win, so who knows? Maybe they're better than we think. And, you know, if McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey comes back, that'd be a huge boost, although we have not seen much of a difference without him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, like, Kyler Murray, he didn't play that bad, so I really don't know what the situation is. He passed for 133, 133 yards. That's it? Yeah, but he also had three passing touchdowns with zero interceptions. So when he... I guess he wasn't put in the position to pass that much. Um, I mean, he played better than he did last he, week. He, he had 31 attempts, too, on uh, 24. So I don't understand how, how he had so little yards. He was 24 for 31 passing and only had 133 yards, which is interesting. Jeez. Um, I guess the situations they were put in didn't allow him to flourish that well. But while he wasn't, he, he played very cleanly. Uh, Kenyon Drake did go down with an injury. Apparently he got the, the wind knocked out of him, and he'll be, he'll be fine for next week. But uh, I don't know, really interesting to see where the Cardinals are going to go from here on out. Um, so moving on from there, again, my computer is acting very wonky today. Um, we did the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Seahawks won a 31 to 23. Seahawks moved to four and Dolphins moved to one and three. Again, I think Seahawks are probably the number three team in the NFL right now. Their defense has not been the greatest. Um, you know, Jamal Adams was out with the hamstring. I believe the hamstring, no, it was a groin or a hamstring injury this week. I believe it was groin. Um, but, you know, that offense behind Russell Wilson. And he, Russell Wilson had his worst game of the year in that game, and they still won. So, and worst game, I think he had like three touchdowns or two touchdowns and interceptions. It wasn't wasn't anything incredibly bad. It was just uh, not Russell Wilson's greatest game. You know, he's still probably the favorite fan of the DP. But uh, Seahawks win that one, 31-23. Dolphins win the one and three. Um, moving on from there, we had the Chargers and Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers bounced back 
uh, big here against the, the Chargers. Not bounce back big, but a uh, big win against the Chargers. They were struggling with the Chargers down the stretch in this game, and the Buccaneers found a way to win. You know, this Buccaneers team is really interesting. I don't know where they're going to end up, but with Tom Brady, anything's possible. And on the Chargers side of things, you know, they, they took Kansas City to overtime. They, comp- they competed with Brady. Justin Herbert showed a lot of promise in his rookie year so far. Um, who's to say how he's going to do? We're going to have to look at the end of the season to see how he did overall. But a lot of promise here for Justin Herbert so far. Yeah, a ton of promise for Herbert. I mean, he's still a little raw, and he's showing that. I mean, he he's still throwing the occasional pick here and there, but that's part of become that's part of being a rookie quarterback and developing. I think he's going to be really, really, really good. And I'm I continue to be more, more correct at this point in time in saying that he was going to be really good out of college. And for the Buccaneers, I mean, they just they're continuing to gel and show and show that you know they can play despite Tom Brady switching teams. You know, I've, people were quick to might have been quick to hop off the bandwagon in week one, but they, they kind of just needed time, and they're showing that. And I think, didn't Brady throw for five touchdowns? Yeah, five touchdowns, wow. and I believe he had 369 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. Um, pretty incredible. Yeah, and I mean, they're both both teams are, and for the Buccaneers, they definitely look like they could contend, and they could potentially win the NFC East. And for the Chargers, I mean, even if nothing happens this year, their future is bright with their hopeful franchise quarterback. 100%. And just... Like, the Buccaneers are interesting because Tom Brady, for all that, and didn't even have Chris Godwin to throw to, in my opinion, is probably his go-to wide receiver. Um, when you look at his past couple of years in New England, he had Julian Edelman as probably his go-to, especially with after Gronk retiring. So it's sort of that slot receiver that can make catches and go somewhere with the ball. I think Chris Godwin's his best fit to, I guess, like best match to Julian Edelman. So in my opinion, like, off the bat, it's probably Tom Brady's favorite target and uh, he, does, he hasn't had him in the lineup, I think, like almost every other week now. He's been dealing with an injury bug. Mike Evans did step up, though. Seven yards, 122, uh, seven receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown. Uh, so pretty good there for the Buccaneers. And they'll be able to, I think you're going to get Godwin back either this next week or the week after. On the Chargers side of things, you had Justin Herbert with 290 yards uh, passing, three touchdowns, one interception, which is great for a rookie quarterback against, going against a pretty veteran team like the Buccaneers. Well, and a good veteran defense. team. Yeah. Quickly better, made veteran team in the Buccaneers. Um, bad news for the Chargers, though. The rushing game was pretty abysmal against the Buccaneers, obviously, and they did lose Austin Eckler for a few weeks. Um, so we'll have to see how the Chargers move. But again, uh, Justin Herbert showing a lot of promise early on here. Uh, so it's a good sign for the Chargers moving forward. Uh, we'll have to see if, if Justin Herbert does hit a hiccup. Will they go back to Tyrod Taylor? I personally doubt it. No, they shouldn't. I don't think so. Um, moving on from there, we ha- we would have had the Steelers-Titans uh, game, but that got postponed due to COVID. Um, really interesting. I guess we'll talk a little bit about it right here. Uh, Titans season, in my opinion, I was talking a little bit about this with Max earlier in the week, is the Titans season seems to be p- potentially in danger here um, with, uh, I believe, 18 positive cases of COVID between personnel and players, which is a lot, a lot more than we've seen on any other team so far. Um, and that game is going to be postponed. We don't really know till when yet, I believe. Week seven. It's week, week seven. seven. Okay, yep. so that would have been a buy, presumably. So, or week four was a buy, and they're gonna in week seven. They so let me. I if you haven't. Um, so as we kind of talked about last week, we I mean mentioned this right now. We ended up making an Instagram page called the Titan Universe. So if you're listening to this, don't follow, don't follow that. Go follow that right now. But anyway, I explained on that that this game was being postponed. In the very first video, I talked about how um there was a potential for a week seven matchup so that was when both the um Steelers and no week eight was what weeks hold on a second let me try <laughs> to figure, think of this here so week seven was when the Steelers and Ravens were gonna face off against each other okay that's that's and then week eight was when the Steelers and Ravens had buys so the thing so what we, the NFL said was move Steelers Ravens week eight since they ha- have buys then and move Titans Steelers week seven since those weeks that week would be open for both teams. So that's what the NFL did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we do have a game. It's just pushed back a little bit farther. Yeah, um, this is gonna be a really good matchup too. Both Steelers Titans three and zero. If you're a Titans fan, I definitely think it's it's favorable for you to be able to have the week pushback. Yes, um, and I'll talk very. a little bit. I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about it right now. Um, in terms of tonight's game, we had the Chiefs and the Patriots game move back to tonight. Um, and that was because uh, Jordan Tamu, backup quarterback for the Chiefs, tested positive for COVID. And then you had, um, and then you had, uh, okay, the Cameron Newton, there we go, uh, test positive for the Patriots. And they're going to play tonight. Patriots are going to be at a big disadvantage without Cameron Newton. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, he, he's a big part of that offense. 
Um, you know, I don't, again, he's not the most talented quarterback in the world, but, you know, be able to, whoever they're going to, I don't know who they're going to put back out there. Brian, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, back, who is extremely old. Downgrade. Big downgrade from Cam Newton. It's, you know, the Patriots already had it. We're going to have a tough time tonight against the Chiefs, and it's going to be even tougher without uh, Cam Newton. I think this is going to be a really good game. If Honestly, if Bill Belichick can even compete in this game, it's just, it's incredible because how banged up his roster is between COVID, uh, opt-outs to COVID, injuries. James White hasn't been in because of his, uh, the passing in his family. Uh, that, that Patriots team, again, I believe it's just stitched together, and they've somehow been able to compete um, every single week. Uh, incredibly enough, um, the fact they're 2-1 and one is incredible. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I didn't think that Pats even had a, much of a chance with their healthy roster they have this year because the Chiefs' offense is just so good. They can decimate any defense, and now without Brian Hoyer, even, I don't think, not even Belichick could, I don't think, put this together. I, I don't see, I think it'll be at least a two-touchdown game, right? So I definitely have the Chiefs winning tonight. I will say about the Titans, though, I wanted to talk about, but we kind of skipped over. Hmm. There were no positive tests this morning. We Zero positive tests today. So the game against the Bills this Sunday, we don't know for sure, but it's it's looking like it could still go on right now. And I wouldn't go as far as to say the season's in jeopardy because even the worst that happens, I feel like we're just going to have some games pushed back. The NFL probably could create an extra week of games. There's a chance they could force us to forfeit games, although with the I don't see that ever happening with the circumstances this year. And the NFL wouldn't want to lose the ratings over missed games, so I, I just think if the I, I don't I don't see going anywhere past this week. And if this is truly the positive test for the Titans, then we can just get back on track. We're going to be a little banged up for a few weeks, most likely, but I think the season can continue on. And I'm gl- I'm honestly glad we got the game moved back this week because I think we had a few injuries, and I, I don't know that Taylor Lewan was going to play, and I guess to see was edge rushers that was going to be a disaster. So. Do we know who tested positive specifically on the Titans, or was it not released? I don't remember all the names. I did mention in the second Titan Universe video, but one probably the biggest name, Jeffrey Simmons, has been listed. That's a huge mm-hmm. loss, mm-hmm, definitely. So that I was that was what I was going to get back to, um, in reference to the Patriots, is that the Titans do not want to go against the Steelers when they have that many players out, um, between players and personnel. Like it's already going to be a tough game, and you're going to be put at a disadvantage because specific players to sit out due to COVID. It's a good thing that's going to be pushed back, so they don't have to play shorthanded. Yeah, we'll still have to against the Bills. So I'm I'm worried about that game. Yeah, the Bills are a very good team. Uh, moving on from there, we had the Bengals and the Jaguars. Uh, both teams are pretty abysmal right now. This Jaguars franchise is awful. We've talked about it in the past, but uh, first win of his NFL career for Joe Burrow. Um, you know, pretty solid game for Joe Burrow. If if, if I'm the Bengals fan again. Joe Burrow showed a lot of promise out the gate here. Um, he's kind of proving to be everything, in my opinion, that he was supposed to be uh, coming out of college. You know, got 300 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, and then Joe Mixon had a monster game with 151 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, th- again, this this Bengals team is just is showing a lot of promise behind Joe Burrow, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for Joe Burrow moving forward. Yeah, I mean, for the Bengals, it's just one of those things. He's not going to have a great year this year, but it's all it is this year is about getting better, and they showed that yesterday. Burrow having a good game. That's what they want to see. And that I've been predicting the past few weeks for Burrow this week will be his first win. It'll be this week. Then this week it finally happens. So good them on that front. The Jaguars, it kind of seems that they're coming back to earth. Everybody thought they'd be awful coming into the year. We were surprised how they started, but now they're one and three. And, you know, for you know, as well as Gardner Minshew has played, now they're kind of sitting here thinking like, yeah, he's played well, but is he our franchise quarterback? I mean, now they have to ask themselves this question. They might be back in the Tank for Trevor train. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, so moving on from there, we had the one of the more interesting games of the week. We had the Browns versus the Cowboys. Um, this is probably my favorite game of the week, honestly. Uh, seeing the Cowboys lose in this fashion was really nice. Um, but, you know, starting off with the Cowboys side of things, because I think there's a lot more to talk about on the Browns side of things. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns, one interception, 502 yards. Incredible game out of him. I think statistically he's been the best quarterback in the NFL so far, I think between the yards, and I think he's pretty close there in touchdowns. Um, he's been incredible at the gate. Um, I think his wide receiver course, I think, speaks for itself between Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, and then Wilson has also performed pretty well for them, Cedric Wilson. Um, obviously, Zeke Elliott out of the backfield. That offense is just really high-powered. Maybe he doesn't have the offensive line they once had, but uh, that offense is incredible. On the defensive side of things, obviously, they have a ton of holes. Um, I think Byron Jones was like the only thing really holding their secondary together and that after he left for Miami in the offseason. Uh, they've been pretty abysmal across the board. Um, 49 points to the Browns, just unacceptable. You're not going to win games giving up 49 points. You can't expect your offense to put up that many points. 
um, for this Cowboys team. And, you know, the offense, I think, has done a pretty solid job this year, but their defense has not carried the weight. Uh, on the Browns side of things, uh, pretty great game for them. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 165 yards, not that many, but two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Nick Chubb did go down. He's out on an IR, I believe, for six weeks now, which is unfortunate. Kareem Hunt has played pretty well for them. He had 71 yards, two touchdowns. He played pretty well for them throughout the year. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt, has his talent has never really dropped off. It was always that incident that happened mm-hmm. while he was over in Kansas City. His talent never changed. It was just, I guess, his public outlook did. Um, so, you know, he's pulling through for the Browns pretty heavily. Um, he's a pretty good, you know, that running back that running back core right there is pretty incredible. So Kareem Hunt will be able to pick up, in my opinion, uh, what's left by Nick Chubb. Um, and then I think, which is one of my favorite things to see, was uh, Odell Beckham, 81 yards, maybe not the most yards, but he had two touchdowns. Um, pretty incredible touchdowns. One was a reverse, and I believe one was a uh, trick play. Pretty incredible to see jo- uh, Odell play like that. And it kind of reminded me of the days when he was on the Giants. Kind of wish we had him back. Would be a nice combo, but it's unfortunate. Uh, other than that, the Browns are 3-1, and one, which I believe they haven't been since either 2001, 2002, something like that. Um, Browns finally made me able to put it together here. We'll have to see. Pretty good start for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, kind of like they did against the Falcons a couple weeks ago, the Cowboys just put themselves in such a big hole early. They tried to come back this week, but the Browns, ironically, wouldn't choke as hard as the Falcons. They wouldn't be the biggest chokers in the league, and they showed that they showed that when they took the win at the end of the Odell Beckham touchdown. And it's just one of those things, although the Cowboys have done well, especially offensively, statistically, Dak Prescott playing well, putting up stats, but can they really you know, win games when it matters? They're, I mean, it's I'm not going to pinpoint one player, although it could be easy to pinpoint the quarterback since he's the quarterback, but it's the whole roster. I don't know if that's just you know execution, coaching, you know, players being mentally soft. I don't, I don't know what it is, but they have to... I do think that team that team should be the best team in that division, which is a dumpster fire. They should easily win that, especially with the way they could beat it against the Seahawks. But they something about it, they just can't put it together. And they honestly should be 0-4 right now, which is unacceptable for a team that good. I don't know what it is, but it's good well, on the Browns' side of things. It's good to see them finally taking advantage of talent they have. It's still way early in the year, but they can play like that moving forward. And you know, make the plays that matter to win the games. And that, who knows, maybe this is a changed team, but obviously we have to see way more since it's way too early in the year to say anything still. 100%. Um, so moving on from there, we have the Giants and Rams. Um, this game, honestly, not a surprise, 17-9 to win for the Rams. I think the Rams played not their best football, um, which is okay because the Giants are that bad. Um, as a Giants fan, I am just pissed. I am royally pissed. This team is absolute garbage. I am I am leaning towards oh, I don't even know where to start. First of all, Daniel Jones awful performance had 190 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, and that one interception was just an absolute boneheaded play. So the Giants, um, the Giants had blown the game out the game already. It was nine to seventeen. The Giants were driving; they had the ball last pretty much. Daniel Jones, I believe the Giants were on like the 20 yard line. Uh, Daniel Jones breaks the pocket. He's about five to ten yards in front of him for him to rush and then slide. Instead of doing that, he gets to the line of scrimmage. He fires a bullet into into like the the edge of the field, gets picked off. I'm just I'm sitting there in an absolute awe. Even though the game's over, I'm just like such a boneheaded decision. Daniel Jones continues to make bad decisions. His touchdown to interceptions ratio is awful. He fumbles every single game. The Giants let up I don't know how many sacks, like ten. Uh, it's just it, this team is just awful. And the only thing I think the positive for the week was Devonta Freeman ran. Decently well with the 11 carries that he had. He 3.3 yards or three yards per attempt. Not incredible, but um, I thought he, I thought I saw some decent out of Dante Freeman in terms of the value that we got. You know, we got him pretty cheap, so it's pretty decent. Um, Daniel Jones was our our leading rusher, though. And I I don't even have to talk on that. Obviously, it's not good. <laughs> and then Evan Ingram is just awful. I, he was our he, no. We had Darius Slayton as our leading receiver, but Evan Ingram is just like. He has six receptions for 35 yards, and it's just like he never does anything each week. Golden Tate's is so old. Darius Slayton has cooled off from what he was last last season. This team is just an absolute dumpster fire, and it just it makes me so upset. Like I, I'm, I've contemplated this, and I'm, every single week I get closer and closer to hopping on the Trevor Lawrence train. <laughs> and if we get that first overall pick and the Giants get Trevor Lawrence, I will be happy. I mean, there's nothing really else for me to say about this game besides what's frustrating, and Nick summed it up pretty good. Although I think the most interesting thing about this game was the fight between Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. So, that, that, they, there was the entertainment there, but other than that, this was a 
kind of a pretty bad game to watch and it's kind of disappointing because I put Rams players in from one of my fantasy teams thinking they'd actually do something and they didn't do it. So that was, that was pretty frustrating on both sides. Bad football, bad fantasy scores, except for Cooper Cup, who ended up rewarding late. But other than that, not very good. Yeah, he had one big play touchdown where the Giants just absolutely blew the coverage. But uh, moving on from there, we had the Buffalo Bills and Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Bills went at 30-23. This Bills team is so interesting because throughout the past few years, it's always been the Bills' defense that has carried them, but this year it's just the offense. The offense is incredible. Um, Stephon Diggs had an incredible game, uh, but not an incredible game, 115 yards, which was really solid. We had an incredible catch, uh, I think, earlier in the game where he, like, straight up mossed somebody over the middle of the field. Um, Stephon Diggs has absolutely been worth the trade that they the trade that they, ha- they gave to the Vikings so far. Josh Allen, 208 yards, two touchdowns. He just had an incredible year so far. He got a little banged up during the game, but he was fine. Um, again, this Bills offense is, is really good, um, and their defense has been okay. I think if they continue to improve, this Bills defense, in my opinion, or this Bills team is t- top. It's right now, if I had a powering teams, I'd go Chiefs, I'd go Ravens, I'd go Seahawks, and then I'd go Bills. Those are my top four teams. Maybe have, like, Buccaneers at five. Um, and then, like, probably have Saint, uh, Steelers and then Titans somewhere on there, a little beyond that, 6-7. Um, Again, this Bills team has just been incredible. On the Raiders side of things, as, as uh, Max said it best last week, they're just kind of caught in the middle right now. Um, Josh Jacobs has not been great, which is unfortunate because they use on my fantasy team. Uh, 48 yards, no touchdowns. Derek Carr, I thought, had an okay game. He got all away with a, with a lot of what should have been interceptions, in my opinion. Um. I don't know. I don't know about this uh, this Raiders team. They're kind of caught in the middle. Uh, they did put up a fight against the Bills, though. I'll give them credit there. I mean, the Raiders tried to put up a fight, but just can't. You know, they, they couldn't match with the Bills, who, I mean, Nick said it best. They're looking one of the best teams. And it, it's, I might have said this before. I'm going to say it again. It's kind of shocking to see a team like that who had a great defense last year, but a subpar offense. And usually the teams like that I've seen, like the Bill, like the Jaguars and the Bears in the past few years, they've come back from next year and been bad because their offense is going to pull their weight. But now you see the Bills' offense actually doing things. This team actually is living up to expectations. It's really fun to watch. And I I would say this team is definitely one of the top five teams in the league. And I think I'd probably agree with about your power rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from there, we have the Colts-Bears. Honestly, not much to say here. I think it's just funny that every time Nick Foles comes in as a backup, he has ex- excellent performance. The team moves him to a starter. He does not do as well. It's just kind of an interesting little pattern for Nick Foles. Uh, but Colts win it, which I kind of expected. The Bears' hot run comes to an end. Um, obviously, the Bears' offense is definitely better with Nick Foles in the helm over Mitch Trubisky. But that team, I think, offensively is still lacking. Uh, not even where close enough to a, enough firepower to really become a contender or even maybe a playoff team down the stretch. Uh, Colts are 3-1, which is pretty solid. Um, again, I think this Colts team... Is really missing a. You know, I think they're well coached. I think their defense is pretty solid. Um, it sucks that they lost Malik Hooker, um, but if he does come back next season, I think if they draft a quarterback, this Colts team is really good. Um, I think they have a lot of potential there, and they're three and one, which is better than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really too surprised at this game. You know, I remember um, Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone yesterday was saying, "Yeah, a lot of people are doubting the Bears, but yeah, they're three and zero, and that." And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm one of the ones who doubts the Bears. I think their start has been totally undeserved, and the, us doubters were proven right yesterday. The Bears, once again, looked bad on offense. They didn't play a team that would completely choke lead away like the Falcons did, and they came back down to earth. Didn't do much on the offensive side of the ball. That's kind of what their team is. Their defense, which has been even, – even that's been a little weakened over the past few years. They try to do what they can. It's still a pretty good unit, in my opinion. But they can't do literally everything when the offense cannot come even close to pulling their weight. So, I mean, I think what we saw from the Bears yesterday is I think more of the Bears team moving forward. And, and the Colts team, I think, is pretty good. Their defense looks good. It just I, – I don't I don't know how much faith I have in Phillip Rivers at this point. Yeah, I don't know how long he's going to last in terms of this hot streak. Uh, moving on from there, last game that actually happened, we had the Eagles 49ers. The Eagles won a 25-20. Um, 49ers, uh, they're a good team, but obviously, again, they're still injury-riddled right now. They're missing a ton of talent across the board. Um, so it's expected that they are going to lose a few games. Uh, will they be able to get their players back and get hot again and be able to play out they've been playing over the past, let's say, a year and a couple games or so? We'll have to see. Uh, the Eagles side of things, they grab their first win of the season. And at 1-2-1, one, and one, they are first place in the NFC East, which is awful. That division <laughs> is just terrible. Um 
Eagles. Uh, you know, on the Eagles, they're pretty abysmal across the board. Uh, Talent-wise, I think they're kind of thin. They're not really the team they were when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think, like, injury, they've been injury-riddled so bad. Um, I don't even know who's, who's playing for them right now. I think Cox is, is still injured. I'm trying to think of injuries on the defensive side. They get injuries every week. Their offensive line is absolutely abysmal. On that, I know that for sure. Um, they don't have Lane Johnson. They don't have Brandon Brooks. Um, they don't have Jason Peters. Uh, they don't have Dillard, I believe, who was the left tackle that they drafted. Do you think two years ago has been pretty solid for them? Um, that that offensive line is just abysmal. And then their wide receiver core has been pretty much Greg Ward and a bunch of no namers that have John like Hightower never year. heard of these people. Exactly. Um, Sean Jackson's out. Um, JJ Arcega Whiteside has been okay, nothing credible. Um, Ashton Jeffries out. It's just that they're kind of back to where they were last year, and it's incredible how they started a new season. They look like the exact same team in terms of injuries. Uh, Carson Wentz, I have to say, although he threw one touchdown, one interception this week, um, 93, 93 yards. I thought he had a better game. When you really look at the the game and the way it shapes out, Carson Wentz really does the best of what he what he has. Um, I think I think this week, you know, I think over the past couple of weeks we haven't seen the best Carson Wentz. This week I saw. I think we saw the best Carson once in terms of the best of what he can do with this roster. Um, you know, some promise for the Eagles, but again, uh, it doesn't take much to win out the NFC East. So being able to win games like this is huge. Um, I was actually going to talk about Carson Wentz because, like, I saw him. He didn't play a great game by any mm-hmm. means, but I thought he actually didn't play bad, which is mm-hmm. sad to say that it's good. But I mean, we want to see him actually play a decent game and not make any boneheaded mistakes. Although he had that one pick, it wasn't. Yeah his fault at all because it was deflected the line of scrimmage. It was an easy pick for the 49ers defense. And you can't say anything about that team because they're just too injured right now. I mean, to, I mean, if they can get players back, they should be fine. But, I mean, who knows if that's going to happen. But, you know, the Eagle, but how long is Fletcher Cox going to be out for a while? I don't know. I don't know if he's back. I know he got injured at some point. He got banged up. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean because if that if he is, I mean, that's terrible because I, I think that defensive line of him – Malik Jackson, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett. That's like their one saving grace. Because that, that actually is a good defensive line. If that's not intact, I don't know what happens to them. Yeah, apparently, Fletcher Cox is back, and he's playing through the injury. Okay. Um, I just know that, again, this, this team is just banged up across the board. They also lost Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I remember um, that. I, I think a lot of their, their defensive injuries are more just like bang-ups. The players are playing through it, but their offense is being hit very hard right no, now. Their offense has been decimated. Um, so that about ends the games that we've been played so far. We talked a little bit about the Patriots and Chiefs before, which are going to be played tonight at 7.05. It's currently 4.10 on Monday. Um, both of me and Max picked the Chiefs pretty close, uh, pretty easily. And then the, the game after that is going to be at 8.50. We have the Falcons-Packers. I think it's pretty much no contest here. The Packers are going to move to 4-0. The Falcons 0-4. Uh, again, Dan Quinn on the hot seat. One of the Falcons going to pull the trigger and fire him. We don't know. Um, Julio Jones has been injured the past couple weeks, too. We're going to have to see our best week, I think two weeks. We're going to have to see if he plays tonight. I think he's expecting to play, but, um, you know, hasn't had the greatest start of the season, obviously, either. Packers have been pretty hot out the gate. They lost Alan Lazard, unfortunately. Devontae Adams is still out. We'll have to see. Uh, I think it's – I don't even know who they have in starting wide receiver right now. No, I don't even know either. I think it's Scantling. Scantling is one of the guys that they have. Scantling. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty thin at wide receiver prior to the injuries, but even thinner now. Uh, but Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to make it work, so I expect the Packers to move forward now. Yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons normally, you know, choke big games away. A choke will not be necessary tonight. They will just get blown out. I think they'll put up a good amount of points because they have good offense. They have talent there, but they'll give up even more points. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Falcons blow him out even without Aaron Rodgers wide receivers it's going to be pretty easy for him to get the win with the way he's playing right now he's looking almost like prime Rodgers and this Packers team it's one that I doubted coming into the year but they're proving me wrong they actually look like way more of a complete team than I thought and you know this I, I, I did you did you put them in your power rankings earlier because I probably put them um, in top yeah, that, line. that's true they are I, I totally forgot about the Packers they're definitely up there too I so again I just think that like They've been very good so far, but again, between how thin their roster is, I think offensively right now, with all their injuries on the wide receiver, I just, I don't know. This Packers team is just really interesting. And Devontae I, I don't, will, should be back pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, he should so. be back, I think, next week. Um, and that defense has always been subpar, so I, I really don't know how to feel about the Packers, but they're definitely up there. I think I think they're definitely in that uh, that Steelers, uh, Titans, uh, Packers. I think they're all within that like top five to eight range, however, yeah, whatever way you want to mark them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, honestly. 
Um, so that about wraps up all the games for the NFL. Um, thank you guys for the little NFL segment, and I think we're going to head over to the NHL. Max, take it away. All right, so we got a little bit to cover, and actually a lot of news today, but I'm going to start with the big news. Last Monday, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup champions. They ended up winning it in a 2 nothing Game 6 victory over the Stars. It was a pretty big scare, I thought, for Lightning fans, and for a lot of people were thinking that after they lost Game 5 in overtime that they were going to potentially choke again like they had, and it was going to be probably one of the biggest ridiculing moments of any team in the NHL, but it didn't happen. The Lightning ended up getting it done. You know, they went from chokers to clutch. It's such a great story for them. I, I discussed in one of the POVs on the Instagram last week what a great team story it is. You know, coming, getting, like I said many times, getting swept the year before, coming back, winning the Cup. And, you know, this year, I mean, I think I mean, definitely some roster additions, you know, getting a little more grit at, at a cheap rate and during the playoffs when they could really you know, fight when it mattered. And then, as I said before, capitalizing on opportunities when they came. You know, Stars didn't give them a ton of chances, but when they got those chances, they converted just about every time. And, you know, it, I mean, I, I'm just so happy. I honestly don't think I'd have been I've been happier about a Stanley Cup champion in a long time. That I mean, Obviously, my team's never won it, but I, I was actually rooting really, really hard for the Lightning, and they got it done. So really, really good job to them. And... You know, you, people can talk about asterisks, asterisks because of the season that they had with the suspension. But if you looked at this team, you watched them the entire playoffs. This is a changed team. You know, the amount of fight they showed and they, the perseverance that they showed the whole time. You can just tell how different they were from the years prior where they just they would go through adversity and then just fall. And this this is clearly not the same team. So it's a tremendous job all around by the organization. And I still hope they have a great celebration. I can't imagine it being over yet. So I'm going to move on. Some Two of the biggest contracts of the week, I think. Um, Robin Leonard and Tristan Jari, um, both goaltenders. I'm going to talk about it in the same um, segment because they are both goaltenders. You know, the Golden Knights and Penguins, Leonard's for the Knights and Jari's for the Penguins. Both teams that kind of come into this offseason with dilemmas. We kind of tell which... We, I felt the whole time they were going to lean toward Leonard and Jari, but we didn't know for sure. They confirmed their they confirmed their directions on Saturday. Um, so Leonard's new deal, he has a um, five-year deal worth $5 million per year. I'm going to talk about his first. And I think it's a really, really good deal. When he, he um, in 2019, so if any of you don't know Robin Leonard's story, so, so several years ago, he was having problems on teams. He was kind of bouncing around because he was just a liability. And then, he took some time off, then he came out and talked about that he had bipolar disorder, and and that he was gonna and he was obviously a huge mental illness. And ever since coming out with that disorder, he's been so much better. He came and played for the Islanders in kind of a prove it year. He did so well for them. He was on a mission. He was a finalist for the Vezina. Came up short, but nonetheless, it was an incredible season. And they let him go. And I thought at the time it was a bad move. They went to the Blackhawks. They signed him to another one year deal to prove it again. And he still continued to play really well, I thought. And then, for some reason, they traded him to the Golden Knights, and I thought it was a bad move, especially with Corey Crawford, their, the Blackhawks' current goaltender, who's a free agent right now. His, And I, I thought they would keep Leonard for the future. Apparently, they couldn't work out something. I don't know why. But the Golden Knights gave him a chance, and he started for the playoffs, and he proved me right. And he just showed that the way he performed for the Blackhawks and the Islanders, it wasn't a fluke at all. And he... Is a man who truly rebounded from his his problems in the past, and it's really great to see. He was the starting goaltender, and now, and he's signed what I think is going to be look like a pretty team friendly deal when it's done. Because I thought, look, watching him, I thought he was one of the top ten goaltenders in the league, and, and making only five million per year. I think the Golden Knights are going to really, really like this deal. And moving on to Jari's deal, it is a three year deal worth three point five million per year. I think it's potentially be another steal because Jari came in in the um, middle of the year. He'd been the backup for Matt Murray, but he came in. He started playing really well because Matt Murray wasn't really playing that well. And he kind of stole the show. He, um, Let me see. Oh, yeah, his um, Jari's stat line was a .921 save percentage in the regular season and a 2.43 goals against average. And for some reason, he didn't start in the playoffs except for one game, but he provided a noticeable upgrade over Matt Murray, I thought, when he stopped one when he stopped twenty shots out of twenty one, and I, I thought he played a really good game that game, and I watched him. And 
I I think both I think both of these contracts have potential to be huge deals for both the teams and what this means for um um Mark Andre Fleury who's a who's currently on the Golden Knights and Matt Murray for the Penguins it means they're probably going to be moved pretty soon probably before Friday because that's when free agency starts um it's been talked about for a while that Murray would be moved because because it seems like for a while the teams want to go Jari for the Golden Knights it was a little bit more of a mystery but it looks like they're going with London for the future. I think that's the right decision. It's always, like I said, it's always the way I thought they should go, and they're going to do it. So, you know, good move to both of those teams. And then another contract, is, and all these next contracts are less important, but I'm going to go over them anyway. Carson Soucy for the Wild, re-signed to a three-year deal worth um, $2.75 million per year. And for Soucy, he's a good, I think this is a little bit of an overpay. In my opinion, he's a good third-pairing defenseman. He helps out defensively a lot, obviously, but he's not very good offensively. And analytics will show you he provides negative value. I don't, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but that's what they'll show you. And um, right, and just, and I also think it's been on the high side because when we're talking about third-pairing defensemen, three years at that rate is a bit much. And especially knowing what the needs the Wild have on offense, and plus Susie would have been was an RFA coming to this offseason and I'm sure the Wild could have signed him for less because he was never gonna he was never gonna be offered any other contract. He was never that highly valued of a commodity. So I definitely think the Wild could have signed him for less. I think this it's a bit of an overpay, but not totally egregious. So next move, another move made by the Wild, trading Ryan Donato to the Sharks for a third round pick in twenty twenty one, I believe this is. I could be wrong there, but that's what I thought it was. Uh, Ryan Donato is a 24 year old forward. He had 23 points in 65 games last year. He has potential. He does have potential though, and, and I was kind of shocked that the Wild decided to trade him because um, I thought with what they need, young offensive players, even though he's not like a star by any means, that he provides good depth. And he, and then when they acquired him last year from the Bruins, he got 16 points in 22 games. So I thought he definitely is better than what he did last year. And yeah, I think it's. I definitely think the Sharks win this trade because if they get a young forward who could do well, I don't think he'll be a top sixer necessarily, but I, he definitely is a, could be a good contributor, good contributor. Next move, also a trade between the Wild and Sharks, Devin Dubnik to the Sharks for a fifth-round pick, who is, who is the goaltender. He was the starting goaltender for a while for the Wild, who played really, really well for many years. Kind of fell off last year, presumably due to age, but he was... He has one year left on his contract at four point three three million, and I think this is a move that makes sense for both sides. The Wild get a clear cap space, and you know they can go with Alex Stalock. I believe still on their team, they don't need that cap on their team. But Sharks, this is a pretty good move I think because it's a low, pretty low risk deal because it's only a, for one more year, and it creates competition for Martin Jones, who, in my opinion, might I I'd say he's unless I. There's some goaltenders I can't think of. He's probably the worst starting goaltender in the league. And I think this is a good move. You'll put Jones on thin ice, and, but don't take a huge risk either. So I like this deal for both teams. And then the next, um, the last thing I want to cover, Matt Niskanen, defenseman for the Flyers, retiring. And then they signed Justin Braun because they didn't want to get rid of two penalty killers. And so they signed Braun to a two-year deal worth $1.8 million per year. And um, Braun is a pretty good defensive defenseman. He's definitely a third pairing, but analytics will tell you he is a huge liability on offense. I think, and when you look just based on the eye test too, he doesn't provide anything offensively. And and I think the contract's a bit of an could be a bit of an overpay. I think it's a just a tiny bit because of his offensive deficiencies. Deficiencies, but then again, this is it's a cheap deal. And there's really not much to complain about. It's I think a little bit of an overpay, but certainly nothing egregious. And that's all the hockey stuff I discover. Okay. Uh, wait, I just wanted to, I want to talk a little bit about hockey. I got I got some hockey news for once. <laughs> um, one thing, Jason Spezza, um, I think he definitely is going to provide that veteran presence. I remember like when I was definitely more and more into hockey, he was, I would say, like top three centers in the league for the Ottawa Senators. Um, yeah, he was he, up there. He, he was it was really incredible. Um, so good thing there for the um, for the Maple Leafs. Um, beyond that, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, I believe, is being let go by the Rangers. Right. I forgot to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, and then 
We don't know if he's going to retire yet. I hope he does retire. I think he, he wants to play. I, I can't believe I didn't talk about that, but he yeah. does want to he does want to play. He said, I think from what I hear, it's like the, I think the the Capitals and the Hurricanes, I think, are looking into it. He said, I I hear I don't remember from what source this very well could be fake, but he, I heard he said at one point he wanted to go to Arizona. I have no idea why he'd want to choose there. So I, I really don't know that I believe that, but that's what I heard. I do. I definitely think that Washington and Carolina are far more realistic options for him. Yeah, it's sad because it kind of ends like I always thought of it like as the the tri-state trio for goalies. For like, um, like when I was growing up, you had Rick DiPietro for the for the Islanders. He was good for a period of time, then he fell off really hard. Um, obviously, you had Martin Brodeur, who was you know arguably the best goaltender of all time. Um, and then you have Henrik Lundqvist, who is now leaving the Rangers. So it's just it's sad to see that trio go. Um, the last piece of the trio, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's sad to see him go without a cup, though. One player in the league who didn't win a cup but definitely deserves it. Mm. His name's all over that. And hopefully, because if he stays in the league, hopefully he can still win because he's going. If he goes to the range of the Hurricanes, I think those are contending teams potentially. But who knows at this point? It's sad that he couldn't win a cup of the Rangers because he gave so much to that franchise. Yeah. Okay, um, we're going to move on to basketball. So, obviously, basketball, NBA Finals, huge deal. Um, currently, I guess I'll just set the context. The Lakers are up 2-1. Um, game, one, game 1 and 2, the Lakers took it pretty convincingly over the Heat. Uh, the score in Game 1 was 116-98. to The score in Game 2 was 124-114. to And then we got to uh, Sunday night. Um, where the Heat ended up taking Game 3 against the Lakers, which was a big surprise to everyone. Um, after Goran Dragic and Ben Adebayo kind of got injured and weren't going to play, it was pretty set in stone that uh, the Lakers would be able to take it pretty easily and sweep the Heat. But um, for those that have followed, Jimmy Butler had a crazy game, 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds. I think... The third person to ever have a triple-double in the finals, I think Jerry West and LeBron James were the other ones. Um, he literally put the team on his back. I guess not literally, but um, he had a very good game, probably his best game of the playoffs. Um, he's had a lot of other good games to talk about, but that was probably his best game. Um, in terms of the other things I wanted to discuss, uh, the Heat's defense kind of did change in Game 3. Instead of using their zone approach, which they had been doing game one, game two, they kind of, I guess the right word is like sagged off the defenders, uh, sagged off the the shooters um, and more focused on defending the inside against Anthony Davis. Obviously, they didn't have some of their key defenders to play against Anthony Davis, so they wanted to have a focus on the inside. And Davis didn't have a great game, 15 points, five rebounds, three assists. Not to mention Jimmy Butler also played great defensively like he always does. Um, the defense for the Heat has been something that's helped them throughout the playoffs, and in this game, for sure it did. And I think their focus has to continue to be to uh, keep Anthony Davis at bay. With You know that LeBron James is going to have good games, but there's a chance that you could stop Anthony, Anthony Davis, and that should be basically how they focus the rest of the um, series against the Lakers. If I had to give a prediction about how the rest of the, it might go, in all honesty, um, I do still see, see the Lakers winning. I see this as probably being the only game that the Heat win. Um, Jimmy Butler had an insane game, and he's going to have to continue to do that with key players still out for the Heat. Um, so, yeah, that's basically my predictions. I don't know. Do either of you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, no. I definitely want to talk a little bit about right. it. Um, you know, is again, I think – Spolstra's experience is really shining uh, through here in this series. Yeah. With his adjustment uh, last night, where he, again, he moved the zone inwards, um, he's really playing the, the statistics here, right? When we look at the Lakers, they're a huge team. They're okay at three-point shooting. They're not abysmal, but mm-hmm. they're definitely not great. At, but they are great inside, right, between LeBron James, um, Anthony Davis, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Spolstra's realizing his team's limitations, and they're trying to play the advantage where – you know, we'll try to get out there and we'll cover threes, but our main priority has to be the inside and stopping Anthony Davis, stopping LeBron James inside. Um, and it worked out pretty well for them last night. That being said, Jimmy Butler, incredible, right? Um, 
you know, I think it goes to show the fight that's in Jimmy Butler. He he's always been one of those guys that may not be the most talented player in the NBA, mm-hmm. although he does have talent. Don't get me wrong, but I think his his fight and his grit uh, carries him such a long way, and it really showed through last night as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of a prediction, again, uh, I think you pretty much covered the rest of it. In terms of a prediction, um, I'm probably gonna say Lakers in six. I do think the the Heat somehow grab another game mm-hmm. here. Um, but obviously, the Lakers are gonna win. Goran Dragic, uh, he was on, I believe, on his Instagram live last night, or at least to the press. Uh, he's fearing that he may not be able to return for the entire series, which is pretty big. That is their starting point guard. Um, and then we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with Bam and Abayo. Obviously, he was out for last night. Um, will he return to Game Four? I think they are expecting him to return to Game Four. Again, that's it's going to be continue to watch for that. Uh, but you know, pretty big losses for them. Uh, Tyler Hero, I believe, had seventeen points. Yeah. He had a pretty good game. Tyler Hero's um, had a good finals yeah. too. Tyler Hero is really stepping up as a rookie. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, a lot, even if the the Heat don't win here, um, if they can create cap space, I think, and pick up another superstar uh, along with their coaching and their and their young core between uh, Robinson and Hero, this Heat team has has a lot to look forward to down the stretch if they don't, uh, you know, win the series. Um, so a lot, really good looking Heat team. Yeah. Surprisingly, because they they were the fifth seed. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have surprised everyone. So I guess coming off of that, we're going to go into baseball, which also is in the playoffs. And that's what kind of was a thing that everyone was talking about with the suspensions because of COVID. Everything was kind of happening at once, which is fun, but also we have a lot to cover. So we're going to do the wild card round, um, which is what was going on um, this week. Obviously, the next round has started today, but focusing on the wild card round, um, let's start with the Reds and Braves. Uh, the Reds ended up getting swept by the Braves. Um, I expected the Reds to maybe take one game. I mean, Trevor Bauer was on the Hill game one and absolutely, absolutely pitched a gem. Um, I think he pitched seven innings or eight innings, something around there. No runs. And that game ended up going, I think, 10 innings without any runs on either side or 11 innings. And the Braves ended up um, on a Freddie Freeman base hit, winning the game in game one, game two. Uh, similar story, Luis Castillo pitched really well. The bullpen did not pitch well for the Bra- for the Reds, and the Braves ended up taking game two. The big story was that the Reds, they had really good pitching performances, but not nothing to show on the offense, only actually scratching zero runs across the board, which was a definitely a disappointment, not the way you want to go out in the playoffs. Probably a disappointment to Reds fans as well. Um, I guess one thing to take away from that, Trevor Bauer is a free agent this offseason, and, I mean, yeah, it's nice to make the playoffs, but he might be looking to go to a more formidable team, I guess. Um, and also keep in mind that a lot of these teams that made it in a usual season wouldn't have made it. The Reds would have been one of them. Well, actually, the Reds would have taken the wild card spot, but other teams, I know, they wouldn't have because only one team from each division. So the Reds would have been far out of it, so keep that in mind going into free agency. Um, the next thing, the next series I want to talk about is the Marlins and Cubs. I don't know what to say at this point. The Marlins swept the Cubs. Their pitching has been really good down the stretch of the season, really the whole season. Um, Sixto Sanchez, who's, uh, in a prime spot to win the NL Rookie of the Year, pitched a great game in game two, pitched five innings, no one runs. Game one, Sandy Alcantara pitched 6.2 innings, only giving up one run as well. Um, the bullpen in both games shut out the Cubs. The Cubs were really nowhere to be seen both games. Um, I don't know what happened to their lineup, but it just wasn't there. Um, I don't know if you want to look at David Ross. Maybe he didn't prepare his team as well as he could. He was a, he is a first year coach. So that could be something to look at, but for the Marlins, I mean, uh, I'm getting a little more mad at them because the Marlins, for those that don't know, the history of baseball seemed to always just like randomly fall on a uh, World Series championship season and then are bad for a while. And it seems like the Mons are somehow winning these games. And it's starting to bother me because I don't want the Mons to win, but they're doing it. So I guess we'll keep covering that. Um, next was the Astros and Twins. The Twins continue to disappoint in the playoffs. If I'm a Twins fan, I, I, am, I would be so mad. Every season for the past couple years, they've played really well and then don't do anything in the playoffs. 
And, I mean, they have to figure that out. You can't just play really good the regular season and not do anything in the playoffs. Um, the Twins continue to just not play well in the playoffs. And getting swept by the Astros, who were 29-31 and 31 in the regular season, um, is just something you can't do. Um, in terms of the Astros, are, we're just not that great of a team this season. Um, Dusty Baker somehow got them into the playoffs, but... To get swept after having such a good season. Uh, last week, I even picked the Twins to possibly win the World Series, and obviously that's not going to happen anymore. Um, next up, the Rays swept the Blue Jays. The only real thing I want to talk about there, because I did expect the Rays to beat the Blue Jays, is the Blue Jays had an outstanding season and um, really showed that their young players can uh, do a lot of good things. Are you just Are you impressed that I smelled it? Yeah. Max, do you mind muting? Incredible sense. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No problem. Sorry, sorry. Can you close the door? I didn't even notice. <laughs> it's it's not a big deal. I can cut it out. Um, okay, I'll just start with the Rays again. Um, the Rays... Let me just start again. Okay, the Rays swept the Blue Jays. The only thing I really want to talk about there is that I expected the Rays to win. The Blue Jays had... Um, a great season, and I, for Blue Jays fans out there, they should be proud of what their young players are able to do, and they have something to look forward to for the rest of, for a while now, because they have a lot of young players, and they built a good core for that Blue Jays team to thrive in the future. Um, the Athletics beat the White Sox, which was a disappointment, because I expected a lot from the White Sox, but I am happy for Athletics and their future, because their future in the postseason, I mean, the Athletics haven't done anything for a while, and if the Athletics can keep going, I think they're playing the Astros, and I think they're playing right now, actually. Um, if they can keep that going, that'd be really cool to see. Um, the Padres beat the Cardinals. Not a lot to say there. Um, it was closer than expected. Uh, the Cardinals won game one, Padres won game two, and then Pad the game two was actually pretty close. I think Padres might have won by two runs, and then uh, final game, I think they won like 5-0. So it wasn't that close, but that's all I have to say about that. Um, the Dodgers beat the Brewers. Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw had back-to-back -back gems for them. Um, obviously, having two pitchers that can pitch really well in a three-game se three-game series is huge. You can just sweep a sweep a series. But to mainly focus on Clayton Kershaw, obviously he's had his struggles in the playoffs, and if he can be over that and continue to pitch gems for the Dodgers, that would be some that would be a huge uh, boost to the Dodgers and in my opinion, they're likely World Series win this season. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And then the Yankees and Indians. I'm going to let Nick talk about that for a little bit because I'm sure he has a lot to say. But one thing I do want to say, um, I mean, they their offense has been really good. They were able to get to Shane Bieber, um, which is a surprise. Obviously, Shane Bieber had an insane season. But their offense has been a juggernaut for – the end of the season and also into the playoffs. Exactly. 100%. I agree there. Uh, the Bronx Bombers really being the Bronx Bombers, right? Uh, first game, I believe we had 12 runs, and then the second game, uh, we went up winning the series 2 0. Um, first game, we had 12 runs. Second game, we had 10 runs. Pretty incredible. The hitting is, is exactly where we want it right now. Um, you know, looking at the hitting, I was, I was looking at the team, and it, it stinks to see Stanton on the bench again for the rest of the season. Um, you know, come playoff time is when we really need him. Uh, he's one of those players that, let's say, we have a couple players going to a hitting slump. Stan could step in and be one of those players, and it's just we paid him so much money, and he just really hasn't panned out. He gets injured every year, and it's just it's upsetting. But um, you know, other than that, hitting really hot so far. Um, that type of hitting will win, will win you a World Series, uh, and if they continue to do that, we will win the World Series. But I I don't know if that type of hitting is sustainable, especially when you continue to move up uh we'll have to see how we play against the rays but um on the pitching side of things uh cole had an okay game you know he gave up three runs uh i think his era was like 257 for the game um not bad i do expect a little bit more out of cole uh considering it is garrett cole mm -hmm. um and that's kind of how i felt throughout the entire season um but in the second game which was i think is really more notable was uh tanaka uh he gave up i don't know how many runs in uh four innings, but he had like a 13-5 ERA by the time they pulled him in the fourth inning. Um, he had given up 
five five runs at that point. And then the fourth inning is just Tanaka has not really been himself since we've got since I would say the first two years we got him uh, over from uh, Japan, and he just really hasn't been the same since, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's just not great. Um, again, if we're going to win the World Series, I think this goes this goes for every World Series team is that the hitting and the pitching has to be there. Yeah, they got to be hot during the playoffs, and the pitching has to be lights out. Um, that's type of t- that's the type of the talent and team uh, team effort it takes to win across the board. So I don't, you know, giving up nine runs to the, the Indians is not a good sign to be when you have the Rays and then you know whoever else follows that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope the pitching, uh, I hope the heading stays as hot, but I hope the pitching does improve. Um, we do play tonight against the Rays at I believe around eight o'clock. Um, I'm not even sure who the starting pitcher is tonight. Um, it's uh, kind of. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah, Cole back on the mound. Um, I was kind of soaking in the Indians when, in you know how compressed the season is. I mean, it, it probably would have happened anyway, but just soaking in the Indians win, and then I'm like, oh wow, we have the Ravens. Okay, let's yeah. go back to it. <laughs> That's how the playoffs works. Um, okay, so we're gonna go into uh, the next round and just talk about each of them a little bit. Um, so now, hold on, I'm just okay. Yeah. So we're in the division series now. Um, I'll just go through each of the series. So it's Astros, Athletics, Marlins, Braves, Yankees, Rays, Padres, Dodgers. Um, let's just start in the National League, the Marlins and Braves. I'm really rooting for the Braves here. I'm one of those people that I don't like when I'd rather a team that's supposed to be good is plays better than a team that's supposed to be bad and is shocking the world in terms of if they're a rivalry to me. Um, I mean, I've talked a lot that I like underdog stories, but if it's the Marlins who are in the NL East, I don't like them. So I'm not rooting for them to play well. I also don't like the Braves, but if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the Braves. Um, these are best of five series, so you have to win three games. Um, if I had to give a prediction, uh, I'm going to give the Marlins one game that they win, and then the Braves win the other three. So that would be a best. That would be four games, the Braves winning three to one. <clears throat> Astros Athletics. Actually, let me go National League. Padres Dodgers is the next series. Um, I'm really rooting for the Padres here, but I think the Dodgers are going to take it. Um, I really like the Padres' young team and what they've been, not only young team, but just exciting team. Um, and they've been a surprise this season. But I, the Dodgers have so much talent. Um, and if Clayton Kershaw can continue to excel, I can't see the... With all the other pitching talent on the Dodgers, I can't see the Padres being able to pull this one out. I'm going to say this is this is going to be a close series, probably in five games. I think the Dodgers take it 3-2. Uh, next series, Astros, Astros Athletics. If the Astros win, I'd be so mad because the Astros just don't deserve to have anything good to good come to them for at least a couple years. Um, I, I'm going to say I'm going to root for the Athletics and say that the Athletics are going to win. Um, I'm going to say in four games, so 3-1 Athletics over the Astros. And then finally, the Yankees and Rays. Um, <laughs> I really want the Yankees to lose. Um, but I think the Yankees are going to take it over the Rays. Um, I say 3-2. I mean, the Rays, def- the Rays had a better season than the Yankees, but the Yankees have that hot streak and that momentum and that Nick had mentioned. And it's just a matter if they can outpitch um, the Rays, which the Rays do have good pitching. They have a really good bullpen. Um, and it just comes down if the Yankees can outpitch them, like I said. But I think that the Yankees' power will be able to, power and hitting will be able to outmatch them over the Rays. And I think they take it 3 2. Yeah, 3 0 sweep for the Yankees for me. 3 0 sweep. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's everything we wanted to talk about. Yes. Um, yeah, so that ends this week pod- this week's podcast. Any final thoughts, Nick? Uh, not really. It's just been incredible amount of sports news, and we're trying to compact it into about an hour, hour and a half yeah. podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the ride. I hope you guys are liking the selections we make in terms of what we want to talk about. Um, if you guys don't, please feel free to leave us a comments, questions, or concerns. Uh, you can either contact the Sport Universe. Uh, Brian will give you our email in just a second. But uh, for mine, it's nicholasquarvatenyahoo.com. 
Um, in addition, I just wanted to mention that I am going to start up, uh, we're calling it the, the Giants universe. It's going to be New York Giants, uh, obviously the football team. Uh, a little bit a, a like sort of fan page. It's an extension of the sport universe, similar to or generally identical to uh, Max's the Titans universe. We're just looking to expand a little bit more uh, specialty areas in terms of like criteria, so we can get like more in depth looks at particular teams. Right. Um, I'm sure like me and I would say more you know Brian's at the helm of all this. Brian's idea would be to have one for every single team at some point. Um, and Brian definitely need more people to do that. <laughs> we need to be fans of those teams. So. Yeah. Um, so go check my page out. I will be posting on it, hopefully tonight or by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to get some stuff up on about it. I meant to start it last week. I've just been really busy. So uh, do expect me to post on there soon. Uh, it's just the Giants. The Giants. Is it the Giant? I think it's the Giant Universe yeah. um, on Instagram. That's the at. Go follow it. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to hand it off to, I don't know who, but thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Max, any final thoughts? Uh, no, thank you for listening. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're starting up individual universes. Um, there's a Titan universe, Jet universe, Giant universe, Matt universe. Um, we're keeping it at those for right now because we have to see what the workload with that would be like. But hopefully in the future we extend it out more. Um, expect to see some new faces come into the sport universe. I've been talking to more people. So expect to see some new faces. Um Let us know what you thought of this podcast, any comments you have, check out our videos on YouTube, Instagram, our website, sportuniverse.com, TikTok, The Sport Universe, and that's basically it. If you have any interest in writing for us or editing videos, or any way you think you could help, contact The Sport Universe 2019 at gmail.com, and other than that, thanks for listening.